Greetings, everybody. This is a Travel Addict podcast where you can hear candid stories and discussions about business and adventure travel from around the world with activities such as trekking, diving, camping, driving, cruising, and just plain chilling out somewhere. We talk about lots of experiences in places all over the world, including the grand, the remote, the edgy, the risque, and ones of questionable merit. Education, fulfillment, and wonder enrich our lives. And of all the books in the world, the best stories are found between the pages of a passport. Stay tuned. Hello, everybody. Malcolm Teasdale here, the travel addict. Hope everyone is doing well. Today with me is Kerry. And uh, Kerry Newsom, that is, and she's from the wonderful city of Sydney, Australia. And by the way, folks, if you haven't been to Sydney before, you've got to get there because it is one of my favorite cities on the planet. Melbourne's good as well, and so is a bit further north, I think, is Brisbane, but Sydney is great. Uh, so that's where Kerry is speaking to me from, and it's early morning there. Hi, Kerry. You're awake over there? Yes, I'm I'm awake, Malcolm. I'm here bright and ready to roll. Okay. Are you drinking some tea or coffee yet? Oh, I've already had a couple of shots of coffee, I've got to admit. <laughs> yeah. Wonderful. All right. Well, folks, a little bit about Carrie before we get going here. She's um, had a travel and marketing background for a, a long time, and uh, but she is an expert on the country of Vietnam. Now, this piqued my interest because I've been there myself a couple of times, and, you know, she's Vietnam is sort of in the neighborhood, if you wish. So she's been there um, regularly over the last 14 years. She loves the country. She loves the people. And she likes sharing her stories, which we're going to talk about today. Okay. And if anyone's got any questions about Vietnam, check her website out, which we'll go over that later on. So it's good to have you here, Carrie. And It's uh, an absolute pleasure. All right. So let's start off. Because you've been to Vietnam a lot of times, do you speak the language? Oh, this is this is tragic. This is a very tragic story. I am terrible at it, absolutely terrible. The tone is quite difficult. I mean, it's one of the hardest languages in the world, I believe, to conquer. And there's nothing kind of logical about it. You can't, you know how you can travel in other places around the world and, you know, you can kind of figure it out what you think it means. But no, no. So I, I've had a, I have a few staple, you know, words I can use. But no, lots of hand gestures, eye contact, pointing. Yeah, that gets me through basically, <laughs> and has done all along. They're very kind to me. I just wonder whether in Vietnam, there's Hanoi at the north and there's Ho Chi Minh in the south. Do they have their own dialects? Uh, you know, accents that I'm sure they understand each other, but, you know, sometimes wherever you go in the world, they have their own specific sayings that's uh, common to a particular area of a country. Is that the same case in Vietnam? Uh, From what I understand, I believe that there is some nuances between the North and the South. Uh, However, probably the biggest difference you'll get between the North and the South South is in uh, with the minority groups. So the minority groups have their own dialect and their own uh, language. So that's probably where it differs the greatest. I mean, 
there's there's definitely a, a difference between the north and the south, and they will tell you that themselves. But uh, to to know what that is individually, I'm, I'm not really sure. Okay. Well, Vietnam uh, does interest me a lot, having been there, but I really like the place myself. Uh, it, it's got a lot to offer people. Now, you've been there a number of times. Tell me about your very first visit there. There must have piqued well, your interest. Yeah, I went in 2007 was my first visit, and I did a what they call a food tour, and it was what we call commonly now a top-to-bottom tour. So you start at the top of the of the dragon spine, which is Hanoi, and you work your way down to the bottom, which is Ho Chi Minh City. So that was mm-hmm. kind of the, the standard, and that's kind of the norm. Uh, but, yeah, I just fell in love with it. It uh, was a very different place to what it is now, however. Mm. So what are the main dishes, like nasi garang and mi garang? Is that it? Yeah. Uh, no, that, that that's more Indonesian and more oh, Thai. Oh, that's right, yeah. So yeah. you've got uh, dishes like uh, banh mi, which is the, the bread roll, which is piled full of uh, pork meats, etc., with a kind of a salad mix. And then you've got pho, which is the noodle soup. So it's a uh, it's a gorgeous soup that they make with uh, a broth, yep. which is extremely hard to make. That broth and takes hours, mm. I might add. And then they they add all different kind of flavors to that with noodles, and it's probably the most popular and most well known dish. And that's for P H O. Pho is that the correct? Yeah. Pho. Pho. That would have been my second guess. <laughs> That's Fair. what I said about logical. Don't fly logical. No. <laughs> All right. So 2007 was your first uh, visit there. Now, when I was reading your uh, your bio there, you obviously like the country, but you also like the people as well. So what gave you this um, impression or you had a lot of respect for the people there? What is it about them that you like? Well, Malcolm, I've done a lot of travel through Southeast Asia prior to me going to Vietnam and certainly during the years. And I just find that the Vietnamese are just a different different style. They're very welcoming. Uh, I'm, I'm a very short person. So, you know, short and white and blonde and, and all the rest of it. So I kind of meet them at eye level in, in most cases, yeah. which is kind of handy. But they they just have mannerisms about them that is very warm, very welcoming, and that was probably my first take. So uh, back in 2007, I got introduced to some further aspects of the country through a lady who happens to be Australian who runs a charity there for uh, the education of young girls. And she likewise kind of took me by the hand and introduced me to some some new people, some new Vietnamese, and, yeah, it just kind of flowed from there. So I have a very good relationship with the Vietnamese. I work for a Vietnamese company in Hanoi uh, for tours, et cetera. We sell to travel agents, and she's just a, another lady who I'm very inspired by running her business. I've worked for hotel owners also in Vietnam. So, you know, for, for an Aussie girl, uh, in the travel industry, in a you know a foreign Asian country, yeah. to be that welcome, to be that um, yeah, I guess just embraced, and so yeah, my love kind of started with them, and uh, you know that 
that includes my tailor and the, the girl that I buy my jewellery from who designs my, my jewellery, you know, through to the girl who does cooking lessons with, you know, like it's it's kind of all over the place, but yeah, yeah, fantastic. Yeah, I I found them very friendly as well. I must admit, yeah, definitely welcoming. Now, if you had to pick, I mean, there's obviously the main city is Hanoi in the north, Ho Chi Minh in the south, and there's obviously big towns or cities uh, down the coastline there. What would you class, if any, as your favourite city out of them all? Well, I think. It would have to be Hoi An, and Hoi An is based in central Vietnam. It's a beautiful old town which dates back to the 16th century. So, you know, it's just got a beautiful ambience about it. It's situated on a river, uh, but you've also got access to a, a beautiful beach. So it, it it's just rich with culture. It's yeah. got that kind of spice trade feel to it. So you've got the influences of Portuguese, Chinese, uh, Japanese bridge. You've got, it's it's just uh, magical. You, you'd swear to God it kind of got lost in time. So yeah. you've got the old shop houses. You've got that old feel with the lanterns. Uh, it's just delightful. And I know, Malcolm, you mentioned something about the traffic of Vietnam before <laughs> we started. Uh, so if you want to take that down a peg or two, uh, quite dramatically, Hoi An is nowhere near as busy as those major cosmopolitan cities, which they are cosmopolitan mm-hmm. now. So Hoi An is, you know, is a much more restful kind of place that you can, you know, just take it back more a notch and, and really, really relax and do those kind of things. So, yeah, it's probably where I've spent the most time also, like okay. long stays. You can easily stay there for a month and still have plenty to do. Okay. It's great. You know, uh, talking of traffic, I know uh, when I was in Hanoi, I stayed at a place called the Silk Path Hotel, I think. It was down down in the city centre. But talk about birth by fire, I remember there's an, just down the street from where that hotel was, I had to cross the street there, busy intersection. And what I found out quickly is that you start to cross the road, keep walking because the people on the bikes, scooters, and cars will avoid you, right? But if you're crossing the road, don't stop or turn around, right? Correct. <laughs> okay. Correct. Yeah. I, I learned my lesson quickly because they, they come, keep going, keep going. It was uh, it's funny that because oh, yeah, the traffic in Hanoi was is pretty chaotic, but it's um, quite a vibrant city. And, of course, they have in Hanoi, which I was very – fortunate to be able to go to is a Hanoi Hilton, right? Which was the the main uh, the prison where um John McCain uh was stationed. No, he was there. He he stayed there for quite some time. But there's also a Hilton hotel just down the street from the Hanoi Hilton, right? <laughs> it is but I did but I was surprised how that that prison is quite small in its size. Uh, but anyway it's a it's a great thing to see. There's a lot a lot of history there and uh, cool things to do. So you've got, you talk about Hoi An. Okay, well, we'll touch on that later on because I have a reason to to go over that. And now, um, the country itself, if you looked at it, it's it's pretty stable place now, isn't it? And there's no trouble there. You feel safe. 
I, I oh, know. absolutely, Malcolm. And, and I do a lot of travel myself on my own. So, you know, this is another reason why I think I took to Vietnam so well and so quickly mm. was that I always felt safe um, yeah. traveling around. So, yes, very, very safe uh, in Vietnam. Yeah. And that, that doesn't matter what city, you, you just have that uh, that feeling that uh, you just walk around even at night, you're going to be just perfectly fine. So, uh, oh, look, you know, like, you know, you're a traveler. So, you know, you, you have to put your common sense ha- head on, of course. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Yeah. And uh, obviously, in the bigger cities like Ho Chi Minh and uh, Hanoi, you've got, you know, you've got a really different mix of people. It's, 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 a major city now. So like any major city city in the world, you know, there is some areas that you probably don't go down late at night and, yeah. you know, some some you can. So it's just applying common. Now, I've heard of uh, people doing this before and it piqued my interest a few years ago. I don't know if I'd do it today, uh, but there's this what we call the coastline tour where you can fly into Hanoi and rent a car or a motorbike and drive down the coastline to to Ho Chi Minh. Now, have you done that or do you know someone who's done that? Well, um, Vietnam's one of these unusual places in the sense that you yourself can't personally hire a car. There's no, there's no rental car companies that you can hire and drive yourself. It's oh, okay. Not, it's, it's not legally available. However, you can do tours where you get a driver yeah. that can drive you from A to B. I don't know many that uh, do that trip, and that's more for the case of how much time it takes up because, the, as you know, it's a long, skinny country. Uh, some of the roads aren't so great. Right. So they're a little bit rickety, not so great on the back, and, you know, very, very long stretches. Yeah. And uh, so you would be chewing up a lot of, time on the road but you could and a lot of people uh, elect to do solo trips or trips in a with a group and they probably do it more on a motorbike so you yes. can hire a motorbike yeah and i just want to kind of mention for your listeners that hiring a motorbike does require you to already have a license in your own country yeah uh, although there are opportunities for you to do that without having a license however if you come off it is another story and yeah, um i would never trust myself if i had a motor motorbike years ago well, i'd be dead by now so i wouldn't <laughs> trust myself to do that but i think it'd be a great adventure for someone a little younger to do that who likes uh, riding oh and there is yes absolutely and uh, a lot of people love the motorbike experience and as you say you've got to be uh, young and hardy and adventurous, and yeah, to to do that because there is um, there, there's there's some tricky kind of areas and and just understanding the the mode of traffic and the mode of travel amongst Vietnamese. There there is some nuances. They they kind of it's it's like organized chaos in some places, yeah. as you know. And they you you've got to get into that groove. You probably will be riding uh, at a slower speed. Right. You know, you'll notice those bikes that you were trying to cross the road. They're probably only doing about thirty or forty k's an hour yeah. in the cities. But a lot of people, a lot of young people, certainly take their bikes and do some of the highlands areas in North Vietnam. Mm-hmm. So up into 
Hazang and Sapa and places like that. Yeah. And the views are just amazing. Like um, that's where all the Instagram photos are taken, Mai Chow and, and all those kind of regions uh, are absolutely glorious. But, mm-hmm. yeah, the trip from north to south is very doable and you've got the coastline to, to see. And, um, yeah, there's 3,800 kilometres of coastline, so yeah. it's pretty pretty amazing. And you probably do it in, what, two weeks? Stopping over places? Uh, yeah, at, at least a couple of weeks, yeah. yeah. Okay. Now, one of the places that I've always wanted to visit, and this is what I'm considering later on this year, by the way, uh, I don't know if it'll come off, is Heilong Bay, Heilong Bay. Mm-hmm. And I know you'd have to fly into Hanoi Airport for that. And this looks an absolutely just beautiful place to go and visit. Have you been there? Many times, yes. And what's your so about? the Halong Bay is about two hours uh, drive from Hanoi, and they've just put in a freeway a few years ago, so it makes the trip much quicker. It used to take about four hours to get there. So Halong uh, Bay is one of about three bays that are joined together. So the most popular are Halong Bay and Lan Ha Bay. Okay. How long Bay is probably, uh, you know, and because you're 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 sitting in the US and you know a Brit, etc., you probably would have seen more promotion for How Long Bay over yeah. the years yeah. rather than Lanhar Bay. But it's an idyllic place in the sense that it's like these mountains just spring up out of out of the uh, the ocean or yeah. out, out, out of the water. And it's very serene. It's very quiet. It's very beautiful. Lanha is quieter than Halong Bay. But, you know, you would go there and you would uh, go on a, on a, um, on a cruise ship uh, or a junk or, or whatever, yeah. and you might possibly stay the night. I was going to say that you can stay on a junk car. Yes, there's, and I suggest you do. cheaper ones, but there's very uh, upscale ones as well, isn't there? Is that right? Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And so it's a really, it's a really lovely experience. They take you to the the limestone caves. Yeah. You'll stop in a, a small village. You might do a little bicycle ride around. You yeah. might get some kayaks. You might, you know, have a little yeah. paddle around. But if you stay the night, you get to see the sunrise, and oh, the wow. sunrise yeah. from the from the deck. Yeah. Uh, overlooking into the water is just is divine. So, yeah, I would I would strongly urge you to to do an overnight stay if you can. It's not expensive, yeah. uh, in world class standards. So, uh, I urge you to to do that. But probably you know your two days or you know one and a half days is is enough, enough. for how long bay. Mm-hmm. And I could probably find someone to pick me up at the airport there and drive Absolutely. me Absolutely. Yeah. Anyone out there just google how long bay and you see what I mean it's quite spectacular. Are, are the islands just limestone islands are they? I'm yes, sure yeah, it's a walk. UNESCO World Heritage site. Right. And yes. it's it's as I said that they look like they they've just little mountains that have just mm. kind of sprung up out of out of the water yeah. and they're just kind of dotted dotted around and yeah it's just quite unusually beautiful yeah exactly well further south centrally located is the city of da nang right correct yeah and what you mentioned before hoi an is just what south of there is it yes it's about 25 uh 25 minutes from um, Danang, Hoi An yep. is yes, south. Yep. 
the, what I looked at is actually uh, if I did this flying out of Singapore, Singapore has um, Singapore Airlines has direct flights to Hanoi, Ho Chi Minh, and Da Nang. Correct. So, so it's easy to get, not Hoi An, by the way. Um, but uh, that that would be just fine. Uh, connections are a bit challenging because uh, after you overnight in Singapore, that's not a problem at all. The main cities then are Da Nang, Hoi An, uh, Ho Chi Minh, Na, and Na Trang. And Na Trang, it was last time I went to Vietnam, I went to Na Trang because I, was on, I do scuba diving, uh, Kerry. So I went to Na Trang just for that. And it was actually first class scuba diving there. Yes. The dive company was excellent. And uh, went to the harbour and sailed out to this uh, this wonderful site, and I really enjoyed that. And I just remember staying in Nartrang, scuba diving, and I found an Irish pub there. <laughs> it was called the Jolly Leprechaun. <laughs> so I thought oh, I feel at home here, and that, that's where the, the the Brits I met hung out. And they said, well, they wanted to move over to uh, Asia, but they thought about Thailand, obviously, uh, and Cambodia and uh, Vietnam, and they settled on Vietnam, and they're so happy they made that decision. This guy I spoke to, he's been there a number of years, and he absolutely loves it. Yes, you'll find, um, look, the Irish, the Brits, uh, US, Aussies uh, are everywhere in Vietnam, and they they love it. Uh, I mean... Prior to to COVID, uh, the ability to to live in Vietnam was a lot easier. There was a lot of ways uh, people chose to make that transition, some more like semi-permit and then some kind of really investing. Some people met Vietnamese and married them and, you know, that that gave them the opportunity to stay. But since COVID, uh, the Vietnam government has... uh, has changed its mind a little bit and wants uh, th- there's a few more rigors to go through to yep. get the status to become uh, a resident of Vietnam. Yep. It's not quite as easy as it used to be. Yeah, okay. Um, but Natrang also was a highly geared to the tourist. So also during COVID, I don't know about your Irish pub, Malcolm, it might not be there any longer. Oh, but, really? Because... Because it really got hit, um, and likewise, it was a city that over time became very popular with the Russians. I was going to say the, there was a lot of the Russians there when I was there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, because they were kind of heading to the sun, yeah. and as you say, beautiful beaches and diving. I actually had on my program uh, Jeremy Stein that runs the Paddy Diving. Uh, company that you possibly use to I do your diving. Know. Yeah. So Natrang is is a beautiful place, but because it was so highly geared to the tourist and the international tourist during COVID, it has really suffered. And oh, it went sure. nuts in a boom kind of just leading up to COVID. So like 2018, uh, it was it was tracking really high for the international tourist. So there's like whole new major resorts and all sorts of things. I've actually got a guy coming on uh, my show in a couple of weeks' time who has had a lot to do with the the marketing and work with Vietnam Tourism Board, et cetera, based in the Trang. So I'm keen to get a bit of an update on that because, um, yeah, it got hit hard uh, during COVID. But, um, you know, Vietnam, as you may not be aware, is a, very resilient country, and I know it will come back, but um, 
yeah, it, it, it'll still be there for you, Malcolm, if you want to go back and revisit. Okay. And there's beautiful diving sites uh, yeah, exactly. all over yeah. Vietnam. Oh, yeah, indeed, indeed. Now, I don't know the visa status. For me, I in the past, I, I needed a visa. But again, it depends on the expats that live there. The requirements are, uh, as you mentioned, uh, probably different a little bit today, but uh, maybe an investment or you can get a residency for maybe if you're a, a digital nomad or something, you get residency for there. But I tell you something, it's a decent place to live and it's the cost of living is reasonable as well, right? So it's absolutely yeah, yeah. and that, that's another attraction. And plus it's safe. I think the healthcare system is reasonable as well. So all these things are, are positive. So uh, visa requirements may may have changed. Now on my program on the Travel Addict podcast, probably a few weeks ago, I had a gentleman who did live in Vietnam for a period of time. I can't recall how long, but we all remember the Vietnam War, okay? He told me that the locals in Vietnam call it the American War. Correct. Okay. I just That's the first time I heard that, but, yeah, they call it the American War. We don't need to go into it. Uh, that's the first time I've heard that, but, uh, you know, it sort of makes sense. So, uh, yeah, I know a few people yeah, who are in that. I mean, it's, it's, you know, probably I think it's about 47 years on, yeah, uh, but uh, it is referenced as the American War, uh, rightly or wrongly. Uh, I think that's just because Vietnam has a long history of uh, wars, and and it, it had, you know, the Chinese, the exactly. French. Um, so I think it was just, you know, their way of differentiating one from the other. And I think what's most interesting these days is that the youth of Vietnam are really not aware uh, or taught in their schools or, you know, they don't get his- history lessons about their own country yeah. and about the wars they've been in. So it it's... It, <laughs> If you're talking to uh, an elderly person in Vietnam, they're going to have much more uh, to say about it than, you know, the youth of Vietnam. And Vietnam is a very young, growing, vibrant country now. So, you know, they're not into looking back uh, too much, the the youth of Vietnam. They're they're into moving forward. Um, But you know, there's plenty of museums and they're very well put together to to tell the stories. So, okay. um, yeah. Yeah, I've looked at some pictures of Da Nang and one that comes to mind is, I think it's a picture on your website, is the uh, bridge that has that dragon. Dragon. Mm-hmm. That's spectacular, you know. It's amazing. It's uh it's a feat of ingenuity, really. And on a Saturday and a Sunday night, uh, all the locals gather around that bridge because it actually breathes fire. Wow. So that's between, I think it's like eight or nine o'clock at night. Yeah. Uh, obviously, it's dark. And so this, this fire comes out and the kids love it and everybody gets excited, et cetera. So it's a bit of a a fun thing to do. People go and get kind of snack food and sit up with little red chairs and stuff. And, and that's a kind of a Saturday or Sunday night yeah, right. thing to uh, do. Terrific. Quite spectacular. It's actually like those photos. It looks like that. I've oh, been yeah. there. Oh, yeah. I saw, I saw a YouTube video on it actually, but there's also another, something else that's spectacular there. I think it's Danang. It's I've got a walkway that's high up. I don't know if it's in the mountains, but it's high up and it's looked like it's suspended by hands 
like stone. Ah, uh, the hand bridge. Yes. Yes. Okay. So the hand bridge is located um, in uh, Barna Hills. So about an hour out of Da Nang, yeah. uh, you go to what was originally a French retreat in the mountains. Okay. So you go to the base of the mountain and you catch a cable car to the top. And it's a five-kilometre cable car and takes about 20, 25 minutes to actually reach the top. Yeah. And Sunland own it, and it's actually a theme park. But the theme park is based on what it was originally. So it's got like French cobble streets and fr- old French, you know, you, you'd swear to God you're in a little uh, country village in, in France. It's it's that it's that well done. But over a, into another part of the mountain, they built this what they call the Golden Hand Bridge. So yeah. it is suspended in those in those hands, those yeah. rock hands, and uh, yeah, it is amazingly um, spectacular. It's once again, it, Vietnam has these kind of feats of engineering, which are just kind of staggering. That's what I was going to say. It's amazing some of the stuff that they built. You know, mm. amazing feats of engineering. It's a terrific thing to see, and of course, yeah, there's very popular. Videos. So excellent now. You have a website called What About Vietnam, right? And Correct. You have a podcast. I've sold you many of your podcasts, but if, if people are interested to know more about Vietnam before they take the plunge to go out there, they can contact you, can they? Or, Correct. Or- Absolutely. You can contact me through the website. I've got a, um, a like a message board. You can send me a message and I'm happy to answer any questions. Uh, or you can follow me on any of my social pages as well. Okay. you. I know you're on Instagram. Uh, what about Vietnam um, podcast? Okay. Correct. I, I'd listened to a, a, a couple of minutes before we went on the air. Uh, well, it's good after to uh, listen to a bit more, actually. So you've got that going on and you're on Facebook as well. But your website's actually very well done. Great pictures. Of course, that's when I saw the bridge there with the dragon going through it. You said earlier that you've been to other places in Southeast Asia. Now, aside from Vietnam, where have you been to? I've been to Hong Kong. I've been to Thailand. I've been to Bali. I've been to Myanmar. I've been to Laos. I've been to Cambodia. Uh, Have I missed anywhere? Singapore. Yeah. uh, Sri Lanka. Uh, India, I think that does it. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Uh, but in a way, that they're, they're all great places to visit. When you went to Laos, by the way, did you go to north into Luang Prabang or just in? Oh, I love Luang Prabang. Absolutely love that place. I'm going back again. It's that's gorgeous, delightful. It? Yeah, that is gorgeous. Well, I- that city, if you remember that, if you've been, it's it's got some elements of it that are a little bit like Hoi An. In yeah. Vietnam. So if you like Hoi An, you'll like Luan Pragam. If you like Luan, you'll, yeah, vice yeah, versa. I, I like the vibe there. It was just nice to walk Very around. Very nice vibe. I just yes. sat having a cup of tea in the afternoon where the uh, Namkhan and Mekong River made. It was just so peaceful, you know. It's, it's fabulous. I mean, we'll be back in uh, Thailand in uh, November, uh, but I'm going over to Phuket. I'm going to do a bit of diving and then ultimately going to, and you may have heard of this. Uh, scuba diving so it's quite famous Raja Ampat in Indonesia 
fly out of Jakarta, and uh, it's about four-hour flight to the island of Sarong, and then it's about two hours boat ride into that area. But it's a marine park. It's a national treasure. It's one of the best diving places in the world. So wow. I'm doing it while I can. You know, I should have gone there two years ago, but I couldn't because of COVID, so I'm fulfilling that need. But I'm a great fan of uh, Southeast Asia because all over, you know, you mentioned this about Vietnam as well, all over, I just find the people very welcoming. For people out there who don't speak, who worry about the language barrier, I didn't have a problem with language. Yeah, I went to Beijing. There was a language barrier there. But typically, you know, Vietnam, Thailand, Cambodia, there, there hasn't been really, for me, at least a language problem. So it's, that's really nothing to be worried about. No, definitely not. I mean, you'll you'll certainly um, find it a little bit difficult in the more remote areas, sure, where yeah. you know you're not getting uh, a lot of tourists. But you know, these countries are used to receiving a lot of visitors, so they've adapted very well in understanding us international tourists that you know are kind of pointing to this and shaking our heads and nodding and all that kind of stuff so i think you know you can get away with blue murder in most cases to, yeah, to yeah, get what you're not or whatever so yeah. yeah just more in the remote areas that you'll struggle yeah it's, it's funny because I, I live in florida the united states and you know i i, I travel a, a lot and i mentioned some of the places i've been to in asia and there's another one if you haven't been there um carrie bhutan country of no bhutan. i haven't been to bhutan but i went to Myanmar. Yeah. yeah, 2020, just before the pandemic broke out yeah. and obviously before the troubles of, of recent times. Yeah. And I thought, now I need to go to Bhutan after this because I, I feel like it's got a similar kind of vibe to it. So, yes. Yeah, it's, I, I, it's similar to a degree, but obviously if you go, if you go there, trek up to Tiger's Nest Monastery, it'll be yes. terrific. Uh, for you to do that and uh, yeah Myanmar you, st- you stayed in Yangon did you when you were there yes we I did uh Yangon uh I did uh Bagan as well and did the um the hot air balloons across mm. all the the pagodas was, yeah. it was was just stunning uh and then went down um into the um the inlet oh what do you call it oh yeah I can't remember the name of that yeah but you know it, it's it's just it's just an amazing area. We did uh, about two and a half weeks there. I just, um, I feel so sad for the people of Yang- uh, Yangon and Myanmar yeah. uh, with what's been going on. But I understand it's recently just opened up again. So yeah. hopefully they'll bring some some steadiness to the political situation there so people will want to go back. Well, I hope so. In fact, on my my show, probably a few a couple of months ago, I had someone called Leah Badgley, and she was born and raised in Myanmar, actually in Yangon, and then she went to work for the Tool Slang uh, Museum in Cambodia to bring some of the criminals to justice there. So she was just outside of Phnom Penh, but she told me all about her life in uh, in Yangon, and she absolutely loved it. So. She wants, wants to go back there, I think. So I can understand that, you know. It keeps that's what keeps bringing taking me back there. I, I've been going on going back to the place yearly, you know. So uh, it's great. So anyway, Kerry, um, won't keep me much longer. But you got got anything else to say? If people want to get get hold of you or anything you'd like to mention, uh, just 
probably just a little bit, if I may, Malcolm, about uh, what about Vietnam in yep. the sense of, of the podcast. Um, I put together the website because I wanted to have a, a resource for people to be able to go and, you know, people can search by destination, they sure. can search by topic. Uh, I do a transcript of each of the uh, interviews that I do so you can uh, print that off as a PDF and some people use that to, you know, get their highlighter pen out and yeah. and, and jot down some notes. Uh, and, yeah, I'm really keen to, you know, receive any inquiries from your listeners that, you know, they want to know about Vietnam. As I said, I'll be back again in September. Yay. And <laughs> Great. Uh, yeah, so just really want to thank you also for inviting me on the show. You're doing a great job and can totally <laughs> understand you being a travel addict. I'm right with you there. <laughs> yeah. So, I know. yeah. But, so uh, excellent. I'm sure you'll put the links and all that sort of stuff in. Yeah, of course we'll. And I'll tell you, I'll tell you something. We travel because we want to, because there will come a, a time where we won't be able to, you know that? And uh, and we, we we're gonna have all these great memories to look back on, and that's that's okay. Can I point you to a show I did with a guy named Jeremy Stein, and he covered he he started diving and diving uh, businesses and paddy diving instruction uh, in Vietnam twenty five years ago. He's a pom, and. Uh, I, I did an episode with him and he just was just so knowledngeable about diving in Trang and Fuqua and oh he mentioned other several places, Whale yeah. Island and all these great spots. So you know if you want to put your diving hat on, Malcolm, have a listen to that one and maybe have a look at the transcript because I think you'll find it really in interesting. 25 years ago he started. That's, and he's amazing, still that's there. amazing. And you said he's a pommy, right? And he's a pom. Yep, through yeah. and through. And for people who uh, are listening here who don't understand what the hell that is, it's prisoners of Mother England, right? <laughs> is that what it means? I never knew that. Yes, of course. Prisoners oh, of Mother very, England. Yeah. Oh, wow. Where it was, have I been? Australia was a, a penal colony for the bad guys out of Britain. And, of course, I, I, I love the Australians. I love their sense of humor. And I have some good friends down in uh, in that area of the country. So uh, it's a friendly rivalry, but uh, great. Maybe I'll get back to Sydney one day. But I tell you what, Kerry, thanks for coming on. You've been very informative. Always like talking about places that I like as well. So Vietnam is a great place. Think about it, everyone. Take a trip over there if you get an opportunity. Thanks, Kerry. Thanks very much, Malcolm. Take care. Bye-bye. Many thanks for joining me today. This is Malcolm Teasdale signing off. Before I do, please check out my website, MalcolmJTeasdale.com, for more information about my travels around the world. Okay, folks, talk to you later. Bye for now. Stay safe.